grace, mercy, and peace be unto God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is Matthew, the 14th chapter, and Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus, but when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, dear friends of Christ, it was 51 years ago, and it was July 20th, 1969, when American astronaut Neil Armstrong took a step from the, la- the ladder of the lunar lander and placed his foot st- first footstep on the surface of the moon. And then he declared, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Remember those famous words? Well, there was another, that was the first famous footstep on the moon, but there was another famous footstep in our text. Uh, Peter, he steps his foot out of the boat and plants it on the surface of the Sea of Galilee. And of course, uh, no human being had ever walked on the water before. This was, this was no normal human being, that is. Uh, Jesus had done it, but, but uh, not, not, a, not a normal human being. And this was new scientific territory, no, a, a place where no other man uh, had gone except for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and Peter did it. Um, he walked on the water. But that excursion into the depths of the sea is not uh, a, st- a story of morality on how you should be bold and courageous and step into the sea too. This is not a, uh, a story, an illustration, a lesson teaching us how to have have bold and courageous faith like Peter. And I'm glad for that. I'm glad for that because I, for one, uh, am glad that Jesus didn't say, Peter, you know what? You stepped out in faith. Good for you. You went where others are not willing. I need people to go where others are not willing. I expect all my children to go where others are not willing. Jesus did not say, hey, Peter, way to, show off, your, way to sh- show off your leadership skills. You, were, you stepped outside the box. You, you, you thought outside the boat. You did incredible things. It'll be a lesson for all Christians to follow. That's not what Jesus said. In fact, Jesus didn't commend Peter at all. Jesus chided him. Oh, Peter, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Our text this morning is not about the boldness of Peter. It's not about the faithfulness of Peter. Not about the courage of Peter. Our text today is about doubting Peter. Remember we had the disciple who doubted doubting Thomas we talk about him all the time but before there was a doubting Thomas there was a doubting Peter and as soon as he began to doubt he began to sink and then he cried out Lord save me and that's our theme today Lord save me you know Jesus set all these remarkable events into motion he's the one who controls all things Everything that took place that night in the Sea of Galilee was intended for a purpose. And we need to remember that 
you know, when it comes to Jesus, He controls all things. Everything has an intended purpose. And so, Jesus spent the entire day trying to find some solitude. You see, all He wanted to do was pray. Praying was a big deal to Jesus. And if He didn't find time to have communication with His Heavenly Father, He felt empty. He felt like something wasn't being accomplished. He felt he hadn't done something and it bothered him. He was bothered in his soul. So all day long he was feeling burdened in his soul because he wasn't in communication with his father. All he wanted to do was pray, but he had so much to do. He healed hundreds of people. And then after he healed the hundreds of people, he fed a multitude. At the end of that day, he was exhausted. And he starts, and he gives the disciples orders: get in your boat, go to the other side of the go, go to the other side of the sea. And he dismisses all the crowds. And finally, finally, he has solitude to spend time in prayer with his precious heavenly Father, just as we should so often. Well, the disciples. <laughs> well, the disciples in the meantime. We're out in the Sea of Galilee, and they were rowing, and rowing, and rowing, and rowing. They were against a headwind. Jesus said, go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They were getting nowhere. Again, this is what happens in the Sea of Galilee. It's like a big bowl. And the wind comes down and stirs up the water, and, and uh, it was <laughs> rowing, 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 dark. One o'clock in the morning, rowing. Two o'clock in the morning, rowing. 3 o'clock in the morning, rowing. And they continued to row until almost sunrise. And there, as they rowed out in the Sea of Galilee, making progress, or not making progress, and getting nowhere. Now, maybe you felt that way in your life, like you've tried to be a good Christian, you've tried to do the things that you need to do, uh, to obey the commands of the Lord. You try to keep His commandments. You come to worship, be generous, be loving and kind. And you try to be faithful, but you just don't feel like you're making any progress at all. Matter of fact, if anything, you, you feel like maybe you're going, you, you want to grow, draw closer to the Lord, but you only find that you feel like you're drawing further away. The harder you try, the less progress you make. Faith happens that way sometimes. And, and when it happens, faith fatigue sets in. We get tired. We get tired of rowing. We get tired of trying. We get tired of coming to church. We get tired of being kind. We get tired of being generous. We get tired of following Jesus. And there's no progress. And then exhaustion sets in. And I see that in the world today. Faith exhaustion, faith fatigue. I've been trying. It doesn't work. This faith thing doesn't work, and the faith wavers. And then the faith might even, and we might even find ourselves thinking, I might give up the faith. Maybe I shouldn't go to church at all. Well, there the disciples were in a tough spot. And they were ready to give up. And who appears in the water? Well, a phantom. It was a human figure in the dark. 
They couldn't really tell because of the wind and the, and the, 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 the spray of the, of the sea. But it looked like a ghost, a, a phantom, uh, an apparition. Can you imagine the struggle? Can you imagine what they all saw? And they, they didn't know what it was, but one thing they knew, they all saw it. They weren't going crazy. There was something there. And they were terrified. Can you imagine what they were thinking? What would you be thinking if you'd rode all night long, I mean all night long, and there all of a sudden in front of you is an apparition? But it was Jesus, and he's coming to them, walking on these stormy waters, and Jesus yelled out to them from the spray of the sea and said, Take heart, it is I, do not fear. Jesus spoke, and that's no small detail. That should have been enough, shouldn't it? Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. You know, the word of God came to his disciples. Don't fear. Did you know the word of God comes to you too? Don't fear. Is that enough to alleviate your fears? <laughs> now, this greeting should have been enough to resolve the worries of the disciples. Uh, because when Jesus gives his word, it's a done deal. When Jesus speaks something, it's complete. It's and that doubt should have given away to unbridled faith, unbridled trust. Fear should have given way to hope immediately. Our epistle lesson in Romans assures us that when God speaks, it says the word of God is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That's the word of faith that we proclaim today. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the, one, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You see, when sp- Christ speaks, salvation is secure. When Christ makes a promise, that promise is fulfilled. You believe, you confess, you'll be saved. And of course, what do we say? Well, I sure hope so. Well, is Peter sinking? Are you sinking? And who kept Peter from sinking? When Christ speaks, salvation is assured, and he's telling his disciples, do not fear, I am here to save you. Now, Peter Peter said, Lord, if it's you, if, you might still be a ghost, don't really know, but if it is you, command me to come out in the water. And Jesus spoke with an invitation. One word, come. One word. This single word, it's not an ordinary word. This word come is an invitation that comes from the God who created the heavens and the earth, from God who, who laid the foundations of the universe. And we read about all that in Job as God challenges Job. Were you there when I created? Were you there when I spoke? Were you there when all that power happened? Let there be light, let there be trees, let there be birds, let there be fish. Were you there when I made all that happen? Do you know how it happened? 
Jesus spoke all things into existence in the beginning of time. That was Jesus speaking at the beginning. And again, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Come. And our epistle lesson tells us faith comes from hearing. You want to trust in Jesus? It comes from hearing. And hearing comes through the word of Christ. You want your faith to grow? Listen. You want to believe God's word? Hear the word of Christ and believe his promises. Hearing comes to the word of Christ. I mean, do you understand what that means? Did you hear that? Hearing comes through the word of Christ. Do you know what that means? We have to hear the words and believe them. And hearing those words brings faith. Jesus spoke, and what did Peter do? Well, he stepped out of the boat and started walking on the water. The power of God's word, the power of God's word to comfort us, the power of God's word to assure us, the power of God's word to strengthen our faith, the power of God's word to enable Peter to walk on the water, and the power of God's word to save Now, if we really believe that, that God's Word was truly powerful, then nobody could keep us from Bible study. If we really believe that the proclamation of God's Word was all that powerful, nobody would be able to keep us from listening or coming to church service and and listening uh, to the Word of God being spoken. If we really believe that God's Word was all powerful, then we'd want that power to fall upon our ears. We'd want that power to fall upon the ears of our children. We'd want that power to fall upon the ears of our friends and our neighbors and our, and our co-workers. Unfortunately, it seems we struggle with all that, don't we? Because normal Christians don't devote themselves to prayer, to the breaking of bread in the Lord's Supper and to hearing the proclamation of God's word. But as believers, we know. We know God's word equips us. We we know God's word strengthens us. We know God's word assures us when we are doubting. And God's word invites us, come. Come to me. Jesus with his open arms. Come to me, all you who are weak. Come to the table of of, of my body and my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Come! And he invites us in to his holy table. And Jesus has spoken. There's no room for doubt. There's no room to question. I wonder if he really means it. There's no room for fear. Well, of course, there's no room for fear unless our faith is weak. Peter had weak faith. And like Peter, we have our doubts. We close our eyes, we we shut our ears, close our eyes, we roll in the dark, get exhausted, we find ourselves getting nowhere. Why? Because we simply did not believe that faith comes through hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. 
And so we want to grow in Christ, but we don't go to the place where we can grow. We want to feel closer to Jesus, but we don't plug ourselves into that God, in that, into His Word where we can grow. Peter's faith was weak, and he started to sink. He didn't keep his eyes on Jesus either. He didn't cling to His Word, Come! And so it is with us. Jesus is the object of our faith. Oh, faith always has an object. Did you know that? You, have, you trust in something. Everybody trusts in something. Everybody puts faith in something. And Peter wasn't able to walk on the water based on the power of his own inner faith, based on the power of his own inner strength. Peter was able to walk on the water because the one who created the universe spoke, Come! And in that speaking, Peter was able to float on the water. However, as soon as Peter questioned that invitation, saw the wind and the waves and began to doubt, he started to sink. And that's exactly what happens to us when we turn down the volume on God's Word. And during this pandemic, I'm kind of worried about that. That people are turning down the volume on God's Word. Now, of course, attendance is much less than it used to be, but, you know, are people even watching online anymore? It's so easy just to say, you know, it's only on the radio now, or it's only on live stream. It's not that important, the proclamation of God's Word. I mean, after all, I do believe. After all, I do trust in Jesus. I don't need to be learning. I don't need to be hearing the Word of Christ. And that's my fear. That's, that's where this pandemic is leading us. And what happens when a bunch of people aren't hearing the word of Christ is they begin to think things that they ought not be thinking and do things they ought not be doing, and their faith doesn't grow, and they start to sink. And what happens when, when our trust in God and His word begins to waver? Well, our faith will weaken. Our faith will wither. And if we're not careful, our faith will die. Did you know without God's word, faith dies? People stay away from church for a year. They never hear God's word for a year. They call themselves Christian. They say they still believe. If you didn't eat a meal physically for a year, what would happen to your physical body? If you haven't been fed the Word of God, what happens after a year? Oh, I'm fine. I'm just fine. I still believe in Jesus. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. My fear today is that people aren't heeding the invitation to come. At least Peter heeded the invitation. You know, during the summer, another problem we have are many people, uh, many Christian families, take the summer off. They've, they've got the lake to go to, and they have vacation to go to, and they have events to go to, and they don't worship the Lord for months, and they don't hear God's Word. They remove themselves from where it's proclaimed. There's a great danger in all of that when we begin to question the power of God's Word and say, I really don't need it in my life. 
it's really not that important to me or my children. There's a great danger. You remove yourself from God's Word and you'll drift away. You remove yourself from God's Word and you will sink, just like Peter sank. You might even find yourself sinking into death, being separated from God. You know, Peter saw himself sinking. Sometimes we don't. But Peter saw himself sinking in the water. He knew he was in trouble. He knew he was in danger. And, of course, he immediately cried out, Lord, save me! I imagine he was quite concerned, right? Don't you imagine he was somewhat panicked? You can hear it in his voice, Lord, save me! And this is what we should be crying every single day. Lord, save me. And you see the urgency. You, you, you hear the invitation, come. And as Peter felt himself sinking hopelessly into the depths of the sea, his only hope at this point was Jesus. Because against the wind, the disciples weren't going to catch up to him before he drowned. Lord, save me. And you know what? Jesus did. He reached down and he grabbed Peter's hand and lifted him from all harm and danger. Just that simple. Now I want you to think about what happened in that moment. As Peter is sinking and he's crying out and praying and as Jesus is reaching to grab Peter's hand. Whose grip mattered most in that moment? And in whose grip does your salvation depend? Listen, we're all safe and secure in that nail-scarred hands of Jesus Christ who reaches down and he says, come. And when we sink, he grabs hold of our hand and he lifts us up. How do you know that? How do you know he does that to you? Because he says, as Jesus promised, these are my sheep and I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So, you know, when you're feeling in life like you're being pulled under, like, you know, your sin is pulling you down, like you're drifting away from the Lord, like too, life is too much to bear. People say, well, I just need a break. I just need more of a vacation time. No, you need time in God's Word. You need time in communication. You need time in prayer. And there's only one person you can turn to who can save you. And He's willing to save you. Each and every time, even when your faith is weak. He'll reach out and he'll grab you like Peter of little faith. He has the power to save you too. So call upon him. Trust in him, serve him, worship him, and, and listen to him. Why? Because faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.